You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Your analysis, ladies and gentlemen, on the championship Sunday edition of the NFL. What did you think of the first game, San Francisco and Philly? What did you think of the nightcap, Cincinnati and Kansas City? And who's going to win the Super Bowl? 1-800-919-3776. Lee is in the Big Apple. Lee, you are next on 98.7. Brother Larry. Lee, what's happening? Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Simple question for you. Simple answer. Second down and three. Why is Burrow throwing the ball when all you have to do is you got second and three and you got third and three? What happened to ground and pound? Mm. And also, for the two first two times he got sacked, Joe Cool wasn't Joe Cool when you could have just threw away the ball. Yeah. You can, if you can answer that for me, it's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right, Lee, thanks for the phone call. Both of these uh, offenses are guy, uh, quarterbacks who are very aggressive. And um, that's what you really saw tonight. This is, Cincinnati is not really a, a ground-and-pound running type team. Their offense is – Let's go and let's put it up. Let's let's put some offense on the board. Let's try to get the ball to Jamar Chase. Let's try to get rolling. Let's try to, you know, put points on the board. They understood that they weren't going to uh, win this game by field goals. Okay, they knew. They knew that the best chance they had for beating Kansas City is they have to put in sevens. If they could put up sevens, that would give them a chance to beat Kansas City because Kansas City has a potent offense. As you mentioned earlier, they had the most scoring in the NFL this year. Now, yes, they were compromised with Patrick Mahomes and his injury, clearly. And yes, the ability for him to scramble and extend the play and then move around and wait for guys to get open downfield and do some things that he normally does. He didn't have a lot of that tonight. As a matter of fact, if you really think about it, I thought Cincinnati's defense did a great job in the uh, third quarter and even in the fourth quarter by limiting Patrick Mahomes and keeping him from from them even having sustained drives. They couldn't even get sustained drives going. They couldn't. So I thought Cincinnati did a really good job. And obviously Patrick Mahomes was, was trying to move around. The ankle bothered him. He couldn't get open. They couldn't really run the ball well. So they they – Kansas City kind of kept Cincinnati in it. And if you remember early in the game, I, I said to you, once again, talking about sevens, Lee, you got to get sevens. Both of these teams are too good offensively for you to think that you can just have, you know, minimum of three here and the three there. Yes, I get it. It's the championship. Yes, I understand that, you know, when you have really great defenses, it's not as easy to move the ball up and down the field. I get it. But nevertheless, for you to have an opportunity where you're forcing the other team's offense to try to get going, you're forcing the other team's offense to take some chances and move the ball down the field and not run the ball, uh, that's really the way that both these teams play. They're not really running teams, Lee. And I get what you're saying. He could have thrown the ball away, but he felt he could make a play. All right? And Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, loves the way his guy plays. And his guy plays with that confidence, that swagger, that attitude, that he can find the he can find the guy. Whether it's Jamar Chase, whether it's T. Higgins, whether it's Nixon on the backfield, whoever, whether it's you know whoever it is, 
they he feels that they can find a way to move the ball up and down the field and that they'll be okay. And so that's what he did. So those were the those were uh, that that's the thought process and and the one thing I will respect about the final four teams today that played the one thing I respect about them is they did not really change who they are. You knew, you knew, you knew what they do. You know how they play and they were who they've been. They were true to themselves. You knew that Kansas city was going to try to get the ball to Travis Kelsey as much as possible. <laughs> and they tried, even though he had the back injury or the sore back, he still made big plays in the game. Because why? He's always open. That's why. And from the running back standpoint, you know, once again, this kid Pacheco, uh, you know, even though he only had 10 carries for 26 yards, uh, he was still, there was still some plays that he made from the receiving end. We had five receptions for 59 yards. So, you know, he was, he, he was versatile. Whereas last week he was very he was very potent in running the football, he made big plays running the football. Uh, this week, most most of his bigger plays were catching the ball as a as a checkdown because listen, Mahomes didn't have a lot of time to get the ball downfield. Now Marquez Valdez Scanling, six receptions, one hundred sixteen yards, and a touchdown. He was he was the big play receiver there today. Okay, he was the guy that. You know, had the big, had the big, uh, the big, the big plays, and had a touchdown. Of course, Travis Kelsey had a touchdown as well, seven receptions, seventy-eight yards. So this Kansas City offense is is why it's so interesting. It's why they're so good. It's because Patrick Mahomes, even on a bad ankle, finds a way to get the ball to his key players, and also give credit to the offensive line. Because knowing that Mahomes was compromised, they had to really do even a better job of trying to protect him and keep him from Cincinnati, who has a very stout front seven. They do. Their defense is very good. I mean, just think about it. They really did not play badly today. They had a couple of, now they had a couple of penalties and you could call them ticky-tack penalties because it's a championship game and you want the game decided on the field. You don't want the game decided by penalties and officials. But you gotta, you got to know. As I said earlier, once you see how the game is being called, you have to make the adjustment, which means you can't be grabbing, you can't be holding. Now, I get it. You'd rather grab and hold and take the penalty than let the guy beat you for a touchdown. So I understand that thought process as well. But you just have to do a better job on off the line of scrimmage defensively to stay with these guys. I mean, it's not like you haven't played this Kansas City team before. All right. And Kansas City had their fair share of, of flags also holding special. Yeah, we had that conversation earlier in the show, right? Near the top of the show, where we were discussing who was the Associated Press had the five top finalists for the MVP. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes was there along with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Justin Jefferson from the wide receiver from Minnesota. And listen, when you gave his, when I gave you his regular season stats, he was number one in just about every category in the national football league this year. And 
he didn't really suffer, as I mentioned earlier, despite the fact that he lost his main guy in Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill was his home run receiver. Tyreek Hill, you know, was so good, he flashed a peace sign to defenders as he was running past them down the sidelines. <laughs> he was made for that offense and made for that work with, uh, with and, and the playmaker that Patrick Mahomes is. So, uh, listen, Patrick Mahomes is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, to be able to play on an injured ankle the way he is to compromise his mobility. And you saw him, he really he bothered him a couple of times during that game. And listen, the cold weather uh, makes it even stiffer and more sensitive. So listen, uh, he gritted it out. You give him a lot of credit. Here's Andy Reid who said, I knew Patrick Mahomes would play tonight. Well, he gave me no opportunity to not think that he wasn't going to play. I mean, he he never missed a snap. I, I just, uh, our, our players, our team, uh, coaches, we're all lucky to have him in that position and the mindset, that, that whole mindset. So it carries over to everybody. And there was no denying that he was, I mean, you know, there's no question he was going to play. Yep, no question. And now he... And Jalen Hurts, the youngest combined age of starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history, 57 years, 337 days. They surpassed Montana Marino in 84 and Farvin Bledsoe in 1996. So, uh, you know, you've got, um, you know, you've got an interesting battle here. As I mentioned earlier, you've got a couple of uh, young quarterbacks who can couple of young quarterbacks who can extend plays. You've got a couple of young quarterbacks who throw the ball pretty well. You have a couple of young quarterbacks who are, um, you know, who, who can, who have great receivers on their team who makes their job really easier. And you've got a pair of African-American quarterbacks facing each other for the first time in Super Bowl history. So you got a number of interesting, uh, interesting dynamics here in this, uh, in this contest, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. You know, you you love when you have the best. So you've got right now, you've got the best in the NFC against the best in the AFC. You've got two number ones. So you really hope that it's not one of these one-sided blowout games. You know, you hope that it's going to be a game that should live up to the talent. And when you break these teams down and you look at them and you say, wow, defensively, you look at Philly and you say, pass rush, they've got a couple guys that you like. I give them the edge defensively. Offensively, I think I give a slight edge to Kansas City. Special teams, which in games like this, sometimes they do play a role, even if it's changing field position with your punt game, if it's kicking field goals, kicking field goals, you know, you you give the that's a toss up to me. I think they're both pretty good. Um, so I give that a toss up. As I mentioned, Kansas City, I give them a slight edge offensively. Coaching, I think both are very good coaches. I think they're both outstanding coaches. Andy Reid, of course, going for his fourth Super Bowl victory. He's He's been, not fourth Super Bowl victory, but coaching in the fourth Super Bowl game. And, you know, Nick Sirianni is his first time. So it's um, it's, it's 
it shapes up to be a fascinating battle between two good quarterbacks who've had really good years. And the fact that Jalen Hurts has made that adjustment, the fact that Jalen Hurts has has gone the distance to be a guy that can also throw the ball and hurt you in the pass game, which makes him more than the one-dimensional guy he was. It adds an intrigue to this game, right? It adds a little intrigue to it because before this season, I don't know that we're looking at Philadelphia the same way as we are this season with Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I mean, they've had a good defense. They've had a great offensive line forever. Their defense has been stout for a while. It's just the quarterback play. Okay, what's happening at the quarterback play? And when Jalen Hurts finally got a chance to perform, it was what he was able to do with his legs. He couldn't throw. He was inconsistent. I mean, he can't... He doesn't know how to lead receivers. I mean, everything that you, every knock that you could possibly come up with. That's what the criticism was of Jalen Hurts with this offense. And so you give him, you give the coaching staff credit, but you also give him credit in the offseason for understanding that his team needed him to be better. That his team needed him to take that next step. That his team needed him to be the more, effective, well-rounded quarterback to lead this team to take them to the next level. Because they were, I mean, people were surprised that they made the playoffs last year. And so now in the offseason for him to take that next step, to add weapons around him, to have a stout running game the way they do, to have great receivers, that now for him to be able to just not only just give you, you know, the, the, the manage, the manage the, quarter, the quarterback, don't lose the game type plays, but to be able to get the ball downfield and get the ball downfield consistently. And that's what helped turn this offense around. Let's face it, the Eagles were good. But his ability and his improvement made them where they are now. It got them to the Super Bowl. And you could see it even when he was out those couple of weeks when he got hurt with the shoulder. They weren't the same. And very rarely are you the same when you lose your starting quarterback. Now, San Francisco was an anomaly to that because Brock Purdy, with the weapons they had around them, with Debo Samuel and company, with those weapons – Purdy was able to, and the, the trade of McCaffrey, let's not forget that, that midseason trade there, that gave him a cushion that he could work with. So we kept waiting to see when, the, is this the week that the young rookie signal caller is going to get his comeuppance? Is this the week, is this the week that the, the game is too big for him? Is this the week where we get to see why he wasn't drafted? Is this or drafted in the last spot? Is this, this, is, this why, is this the week we see why he was named Mr. Irrelevant? Is this the week? Well, you know, they lost. And it wasn't his performance. It was his injury that cost them. So that's the issue there. But once again, it's about 
it's always about quarterback play, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to win, and, and obviously it's a team game, and obviously it's coaching, and there's so many different things that go into winning in the National Football League, so many different things. But it's and, – and obviously it's line play. It's defensive line play and it's offensive line play. But also, you got to have one of those good quarterbacks, man. <laughs> if you want to go far, if you want to improve your chances of winning in the National Football League, you got to have one of those guys. And there's not many of those guys around. All right? There's Burrow, there's Allen, there's Mahomes. You know, those are the top level guys. And then there's another level. And, you know, Hertz has ascended to close to that level, but can I see him do it another year? Not taking anything away from him. He had a great season. Great season. But these guys have done it multiple years. Mahomes has done it multiple. Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl. He's been in the league five years. He's been to the Super Bowl. This is his third Super Bowl. I mean, Josh Allen hasn't gotten there, but he's, you know, you, you see what he's been able to do. He's had, you know, he took a, I think he took a half step back this year because of his play, but he's been one of the top quarterbacks for the past couple seasons. Same thing with Joe Burrow. He's been the top quarterback, even when the, even when the offensive line was just like looking like they were turning their back <laughs> and blocking with one hand behind their back. He was still effective. He's done it multiple years. Got to the Super Bowl last year, won it. So, you know, can I see Jalen Hurts do it for more than one year before I put him in that top echelon of quarterbacks? 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's So that's why they were picked like that. So, yeah, I can understand why they had the chip on their shoulder, and I could understand that that's why they wanted them again in a rematch in their building in the same situation in the conference final for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I get it. Just like Cincinnati was very confident and wanted them to be, wanted to travel to Kansas City just like they did last year and be Kansas City for a chance to get to the Super Bowl like they did last year. I got it. So both teams were confident. Both teams had a little chip on their shoulder. Okay? And this was really, I mean, you look at the stats. This was a close game. Okay? It was evenly matched. These these teams are both really, really good. And even though you had to compromise Patrick Mahomes with the ankle, he was able to find a way to make some plays. And the last play, as he discussed in the soundbite you just heard, was him finding a way, willing a way to extend the play and try to get the first down. What he's trying to do is move his field goal kicker to make it an easier field goal. And it just happened that, uh, you know, there was a late hit penalty called and that added 15 yards and that put him right in field goal range and, you know, the kick was right down the middle and it kicks them right into the Super Bowl. And that's how they win 23-20. But for Patrick Mahomes to say, yeah, well, we play a chip on our shoulder because, yeah, well, you know, listen. People thought that Kansas City, especially with the ankle 
of him being compromised, how could you think that Kansas City would be able to just be? You didn't know how he was going to be able to move. It wasn't like they had two weeks between this game and the last game, unlike upcoming where they have two weeks for him to work on his ankle and stay off of it and heat and ice and all the stuff that the training staff will do. Of course. It's a little different. But going into this game, you had no clue how mobile he was going to be. Our analyst all week told you that he was going to be a compromised Patrick Mahomes, that he was going to be an in-the-pocket Patrick Mahomes, that he was not going to be the Patrick Mahomes that you normally see. The guy who does the off-schedule plays, the guy who runs, the guy who extends plays a lot. Right? So... That's the way it is. So now you got it. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Jay Blaze NYC on Twitter. Okay, let's say Rodgers was completely off the table. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, completely off the table. Would you have preferred more over Hackett? Killing more who was fired by Dallas earlier today. Um, see, I, I might, I might have, I might have, I, I, I think I might have Jonathan. I might have, although I got to tell you, I'm not real impressed with Hackett either. I'm not been, I mean, with more, I'm not real impressed with more. I think Hackett, Hackett showed you more, no pun intended, as an OC when he was in Green Bay than Moore has shown me as an OC in Dallas. Now, I heard Alan Hahn in the promo. And I know what he's saying and I hear him. But I think Hackett, as head coach, you have to throw that in the mix where He's not just, he wasn't just the offensive coordinator. He was the head coach. So he had to worry about defense. He had to worry about offense. He had to worry about special teams. He had to worry about a bunch of different things. Did the offense look great in Denver? Absolutely not. Did Russell Wilson help him out? Absolutely not. I mean, Russell Wilson wasn't great either. Now, is that a product of Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson or is that a product of Nathaniel Hackett? Well, he wasn't great when the, when Nathaniel Hackett left. <laughs> I I just I I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to say about Russell Wilson. I really don't. I mean, his he dropped like I I don't know what happened. I mean, he's made he made Seattle look like geniuses at least for this season. They don't pay him. They don't have to pay him the big money. And they elevate Geno Smith to the starter. Gino gets them to the playoffs and Denver doesn't make it. <laughs> so I I think obviously Hackett puts, they believe, the Jets believe Hackett puts them in the position. They saw something they like in Hackett, but they also believe in addition to that, that Hackett puts them in the position to try to get Aaron Rodgers. So I think that's the added. If you're looking at, if you're looking at side by side, 
That's what they're thinking. That at least we have a better opportunity to have a shot at Aaron Rodgers if we bring Hackett in than if we don't bring Hackett in. And clearly they had already done this before Kellen Moore was fired. Which I was a little surprised at. I was a little surprised that he was let go. I was thinking it would more, and I know that Jerry Jones had made the comment about, you know, Mike McCarthy's here for a while. I, I just felt that, you know, Mike, they've underachieved under him being there. But i tell you something, you know, I, I sat here on these airwaves and talked about how they should have brought Mike McCarthy in. And he has not done well. I think he would have been better than Adam Gase. And I thought, that, you know, as, as much as he struggled in Dallas, as much as Mike McCarthy is with the clock management and all the other issues that he's had in Dallas, I still still think he would have been better than Andrew Adam Gase as a head coach. Okay? At least you had a head coach who had been to a Super Bowl. At least you had a head coach who knew how to win. And my big argument about Adam Gase was he was a guy who you saw in your division. And most of his wins, a lot of his wins, every against you. <laughs> you know, so I thought really that they kind of underachieved with him and the talent they have there. So I was a little surprised that it was Kellen Moore. But once again, they felt that Kellen Moore is the, Kellen Moore was blamed for the interceptions that Dak Prescott had and all the interceptions that Dak Prescott had were not his fault. There were a couple that were kind of like the, the Joe Burrow pick tonight, which tipped in the air and the defender gets it or it's off a receiver's hands and it pops up in the air and a defender takes, takes the ball in the air and it's an interception, but it's not really the quarterback's fault. He gets charged with the interception, but it's not really him. It's not where he just stared down a receiver and threw it into double coverage or something of that nature. And, oh, well, what do you expect when you throw it into double coverage? That wasn't what it was all the time with Dak Prescott. The problem was it was consistent with him. He went game after game after game doing it. That was the issue. So I guess you blame Kellen Moore for that. Just like you blamed, you know, Mike LaFleur for the problems with the Jets quarterback. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 987 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.